0: Hello, boys and girls. This is Harlan Williams, your host of the Harlan Highway Podcast. Put on your seatbelts, put your tongues in your mouth, and wipe the gunk from your dirty little eyes. Hey, everybody. It's me, Harlan Williams. And uh, what a show today, man. Uh, I'm going to be jumping up on stage and doing some stand-up. You guys seem to like uh, that little segment before, so... Another little segment of me doing live stand-up at the uh, comedy club. One of my demented relatives is going to be calling in, my Aunt Ruthie, who uh, she's an old lady. She lives up in Rochester, New York. Uh, she shouldn't be driving. Somehow she has her license, and somehow she got her hands on a cell phone. She shouldn't be driving. She shouldn't be driving and talking on a cell phone. Wait till, uh she calls in and see how that Fiasco goes. Also, uh, we're gonna be talking about American culture. What's happening to us? Are we becoming just one big bike gang? Have you taken a look at the American demographic lately, the tattoos and the cut off shirts and the tough guy posturing? Are we a bike gang? Maybe my crazy Aunt Ruthie from Rochester, New York, can help us figure it out. She's going to be calling in on my personal cell phone right here on the Harland Highway.
1: Welcome to the Harland Highway.
0: All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You're causing a
1: major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway. What's up, bro? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? <laughs> I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. This is your fucking wake-up call, man. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes.
0: I don't know. Is this really necessary, Roger? It came from upstairs. Featherstone. Mr. Featherstone wants a live audience in here today. Well, I I, I don't know. It just makes me uncomfortable. All these people in here. We've never done a a live podcast with, with an audience. Everyone's cramped in my studio what say hi to them great thanks for your help well today we're uh we're doing something different here gang uh i guess there's a looks like there's about 60 70 people crammed in here um they're all here to watch me do the podcast this is uh, an idea from my uh my boss upstairs mr featherstone not sure what the deal is but here we go. What? Roger's holding up a sign. Acknowledge the crowd. Hello, everybody. Yeah, hello. Thank you for being here. Very weird. Um, so bear with me, folks. Um, today is going to be a little different. And uh, we've got a live crowd here. So uh, here we go. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you. You don't have to. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. But I'm going to start my first topic here. Thank you. Um, As I told you guys recently, uh, I I went to Vegas a little while back. I I think I said it a few podcasts ago, and I I got to play with the dolphins and all that stuff. And uh, and while I was there, I was uh, kind of assessing humanity a little bit. You know, Vegas is a fascinating place to people watch. And uh, you're constantly surrounded by throngs of people from all over the country, but it, it's kind of a good cross-section of American society because, you know, Vegas does attract people from all over the country. Um, and what I realized in... Oh, God. Oh, I just yawned there for a second. No, you don't have to... that. That wasn't a joke. Ladies and gentlemen, I actually yawned. Excuse me. Excuse me. You don't have to. No, you don't have to do that. I I really did yawn. Well, now you don't have to clap for it either. Okay, so I'm in Vegas. And what I've noticed is that, um, you know, America, the people here, a lot of them, are starting to look a little rough. A lot of them are, it's starting to look like America is like one big biker gang. Remember the the old biker movies back in the 60s? You know, groups of bikers would roll around. There'd be like, like 30 guys and like four biker girls that got passed around and they rolled their sleeves up and they had tattoos and they all looked pretty tough. They dressed tough. They kind of had a wore a kind of a tough exterior attitude, and, you know, they probably were tough. They were outlaw biker gangs. But I noticed walking around in Vegas that um, a lot of the just regular folks are starting to try and look tough, and they're wearing the tattoos and the cut-off sleeve shirts and the kind of the skinhead hairdos and the shaved heads and the earrings and the the, the, the gang shorts. And I, I don't know. I'm looking around and I'm like, you know, if, if, if I was, if I'm not mistaken, it's like a spaceship picked me up and dropped me in the middle of a big bikers convention. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah, Bikers Convention. And it isn't just the men. It's the women, too. I mean, the women are are strutting around. They've got their tattoos on their shoulders, on their upper arms, on their back, their tramp stamps, uh, in, in between their scapulas, on their legs, on their wrists. And, you know, they're kind of dressing a bit provocatively and a bit, Trailer parky and a bit tough. You know, you ever you ever catch uh, videos of like uh, you know National Geographic or Discovery Channel channel will do infiltrating the Los Angeles gangs, the Latino gangs of of downtown Los Angeles, <laughs> the African American gangs, the white gangs, the uh, the. Uh, White supremacist gangs. You know, they always do these specials on gangs from different uh, cultures and races. I'll tell you what, man, when you throw them all together in Vegas, they all look like they're from one giant gang. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, i got to say, the tattoos are, are, are getting uh, more and more prominent. The, uh, the, 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 Tough guy look on the men and the women is more prominent. Kind of the swagger, the way people walk around, the way they carry themselves, the, the kind of the expression on their face. It looks like everyone's trying to be tough guys. And I look at all these people and I go, what percentage of these people are actually tough guys? And what percentage of these guys work at Kmart and Starbucks and sit in a cubicle? Or work at a car wash, or work at a bank. And I was almost a little like—I uh, gotta be honest—I was a little like put off by it all. I'm, well, what's with all the posturing? What's with all the uh, what's with all the accessories? What's with all the kind of ghetto clothing and tattoos that kind of smack of uh, you know toughness? You know what happens when everyone starts to look the same? There's no more toughness left. Nobody stands out. It's like one giant masquerade party. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that wasn't a joke, okay? You got you gotta, you to gotta figure out what, what's funny here and what's just me talking, okay? And that was me just talking. Okay, so now you're going to clap, okay? All right. I, Roger. This is getting a little – anyways, back to my point. I don't know what to do. Well, When does it stop? How tough does everyone want to get? And maybe this is all part of the American gun culture. Maybe this is part of uh, people posturing so that, uh, you know, they don't become victims or people leave them alone or people think they're tough. I don't know what it is, man. But there was a time like in the 90s when a lot of people were getting tattoos and it kind of stuck out. And they're like, oh, well, there's a dude with a tattoo. He's not like a biker. He's not like a sailor. He's not like a trucker. It's just like a just the white dude who probably lives in the suburbs. Oh, cool. A tattoo. Although I never thought they were cool. But now there's so many. It's like it's almost like a birthright. Like like, uh, Mrs. Jackson, your child has just been born. Congratulations. It's a seven-pound, four-ounce baby girl. Would you like it tattooed now, or would you like to breastfeed it first? I mean, good Lord, man. Can we lighten up? And I, I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, here's these billion-dollar casinos. Here's these billion-dollar motels, casinos, and... Let's face it, some of them are pretty classy. Some of them have, like, hand-blown glass from Italy. And some of them have, uh, you know, authentic artwork hanging in them. And some of them have really cool architecture. And some of them have marbled floors and, uh, you know, marbled walls. And some of them are very elegant. And then you look around and it's like, Oh, great, here comes uh, Hell's Angels wandering around. Like, not just a group of them, but everyone's from Hell's Angels. I don't know. It's like it it made me long for the days. I was just waiting. I was going, where is a woman in a nice flowing gown? Where is a gentleman in a top hat and tails? Show me a guy with a cane and a nicely shaved face and a pencil thin mustache and his hair oiled back and a woman with a with a trim figure and a nice nice uh, gown and a sun hat maybe some flowers on her uh, shoulder on her collar little handbag maybe some white gloves i mean i i was just like w- w- you know w- Have we gone from the Great Gatsby to the Great Ghetto? So I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a snob. Maybe I'm being like, you know, got my nose in the air. I don't dress like a, I'm not like Mr. Elegant. I don't roll around in a George Clooney uh, suit. You know, I'm a jeans and t-shirt guy. But it feels like it's going beyond that. It's going beyond, uh, you know. We're just becoming one big clubhouse. And the other thing that's not attractive is, as you well know, I'm not making this up. I'm not poking poking fun at, at hefty people. But a lot of the country is really letting itself go. It seems to be becoming the norm now. And people are kind of almost wearing that as a badge of honor now. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm chubby. I'm big. I'm overweight. But look at me. I got tattoos. Look at the way I walk. Look at my gut hanging out. Look at me. I walk like a crab because I got so much weight to move around. Yeah, that's right. I got baggy clothes. You got an issue? You want to step into the buffet and sort this out, man? Yeah, I, I didn't think you wanted to step into the buffet and sort this out. So it's, it's pretty wild, man. So I, I guess, you know if if i'm a uh, a person with my eye on american culture if I, if i'm an aficionado dial it back people dial it back the whole biker gang thing's getting tired and not, quite frankly ugly not just the look but the attitude the language the the physical the way you physically carry yourself the posturing the, all that stuff it's becoming uh, it's becoming uh, not very palatable anymore so for what it's worth, just a suggestion let's dial it back clean it up a bit man and I'm not talking about you have to you know dress up like you're going to meet Beauty and the Beast in the ballroom but man maybe clean it up a bit so there you go. There you go. Uh, Well, okay, you don't have to clap. All right, clap. Roger, I don't think these people... Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to move on to the next thing. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Shut up. Shut up. Just all of you, just shut... You don't have to clap and cheer at everything. Okay? I appreciate it. But calm down. Wow. Wow. Roger, play a commercial and then let's move on. Wow.
1: Okay, Mom, which hand has the newest idea on douches? Wrong. Two Mass and Gill vinegar and water douches. Right, new extra cleansing and extra mild. Now we have a choice of Mass and Gill freshness. What's the difference? New extra cleansing, the only vinegar and water with Puraclean. Puraclean? For effective cleansing. And Extra Mild, the only douche with no additives. I've always trusted Massengill. Extra Mild for me. I choose Extra Cleansing. Trust Massengill, the leader for 73 years. Hi,
0: this is Harland. Um, I'm not available right now, so uh, please leave me a message, and I will get right back to you. Thanks.
1: Hello? Hello, Holland? Hello, Holland, can you hear me? Oh my God, I'm so upset. Holland, it's Aunt Ruthie calling from Rochester, New York. How are you, doll? Oh my goodness, I'm in such a panic. I'm in the car. I'm driving down to St. Mother of Mary of Mother Mary's hospital. I think I've got a cancer tumor. Oh, no, my goodness, I was, uh, I was walking around the house in my slippers and my little spring dress fallen. and I noticed a black circle on my inner thigh. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't find my inhaler. Where is Oh, there it is. I had a black circle on my inner thigh, a round circle. It's about the size of a silver dollar, and I'm just terrified that it's a cancer tumor. So I'm driving down to our mother of Mary of Guadalupe to the hospital. I'm going to kick myself into the emergency room Holland, okay? And Ruthie's very, very sick. I don't know how long I have left to live since I found my tumor on my inner thigh. Uh, well, okay, now someone's honking. At me. Excuse me, I'm a cancer patient, okay? I am a cancer patient. I don't know how long I have to live. You have a lot of nerve honking at someone who's on their deathbed while they're driving to the hospital. Anyways, oh, I'll never forget when you were a little boy, Holland, and you had your little tonsils out, and I came down to the hospital. Do you remember that? And your mouth was hanging open, and I had to feed you ice cream and ginger ale. And one of my cigarettes fell right out of my mouth and right down your throat and burned your fresh tonsil scars. Do you remember now how oh, well you screamed? I never knew a little boy with such cute little brown hazel eyes and fluffy blonde brown hair could scream like a little little pussy whip bitch. Oh, you're such a cute kid. Anyways, Holland, if you could just call me. I'm very nervous about this cancer spot on my inner thigh. I'm driving with my skirt up so that no, none of the fabric presses against it. And I, Okay, you don't haunt me. I'm going to the emergency room. Son of a bitch. Okay, you know what? Stop, here, have my middle finger. I'm taking one hand off the wheel. Okay, have my middle finger, my bony, veiny middle finger, okay? You rat bastard, fuck you. Okay, I've got a cancer spot on my inner thigh the size of a silver dollar. Can you believe this? Calling people nowadays? No respect for their elders. Here I am with my skirt up, and it looks like... Oh, it's blowing in the wind. How is <laughs> my inhaler, Harland. Oh, Christ. Anyways, don't... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on, Harland. Oh, wait a minute. This is a... Oh, my goodness. This is an Oreo cookie on my inner thigh. Oh, my good, I was eating Oreo. It's stuck to my inner thigh, the vanilla icing. Okay. You know what? I'm a cancer survivor, and you're honking at me. You're honking at a cancer survivor. I had a tumor, and now it's just a cookie. Holland, I'm going to eat this. Call Aunt Ruthie. I love you, doll. (laughs) I love you. Bye, Holland. I'm eating a cookie off my inner thigh. Bye, baby doll. Okay.
0: Don't, Don't clap for her, please. But ladies and gentlemen, please stop clapping for her. I don't think she's well. Stop! Cl- she's a little bit touched. My Aunt Ruthie is not well. Stop clapping for her. Thank you. Wow. She ate, my Aunt Ruthie ate a cancer cookie off her leg. The Bisco's Cancer Crunchies. Stop. Th- that wasn't a joke. Oh, God, come on. I need to move on to something a little more serious here. Excuse me, people. Can I move on, please? Thank you. <sighs> Roger, great idea. And you know what? I'm. You know what? I just thought of something, okay? Since they're insisting I have a live audience in here, you know what? I'm I'm going to play I'm going to play a a piece that already has an audience. Uh this seemed to go over uh, a while back. I uh recorded one of my live stand-up sets at a local club uh out there in the comedy world and uh I did it again cuz I I kind of, you know, I, this sounds like you guys enjoyed it and uh and so what I did is I, uh, I recorded another one. We're going to – well, thank you. Thank you. The reason I'm playing it is so I don't have to hear you people, okay? But thank you anyhow. Um, and uh, I did it before, and uh, again, this is just me kind of jumping up, goofing around. This is how I work on new material. Uh, You might hear a little old material in there. I don't know. It's a a potpourri of stuff. It's me talking to the crowd. It's me goofing around. And uh, here it is uh, in front of a real live audience. Oh, now you're quiet. Great. Uh, In front of a real live audience, here's a little bit of me jumping on stage at a local comedy club. Hope you enjoy it, gang. Okay. I wasn't referring to you guys. I wasn't referring to you, 30 people. Do you not have jobs to go to? Do you not have places to go? Are y'all homeless? Roger, just roll the stand-up thing with the real crowd. Thank you. Wow. Stop it. Stop Stop it. Listen to this. Stop clapping. Let the real people clap. This next act is a very, very special treat. You uh, For something else. Will you please,
1: all of you, put your hands together for the one, the only, Captain Radish from Fresno!
0: a treat. friend of mine, a friend of mine, uh, friend of mine uh, the other day, he said to me, he goes, he goes, hey buddy, be there or be square. And I looked at him and I said, dude, did you just threaten me with a shape? <laughs> so I got, uh, I, I got my hairs up and I said, hey dude, hey,
1: you be there
0: Go shrivel up in a corner and let uh there's a possum broke in the uh, house. <laughs> they can dribble on you. <laughs> so I guess I want that verbal
1: exchange.
0: Um <laughs> uh, I joined uh I joined a uh, new social media. Well I started a new social media. Are you on Facebook, ma'am? Right, I, I ordered, I started a new one, and this is just for the ladies. If you want to join, it's called uh, Sit on My Facebook. Do <laughs> I see hands from the ladies? I don't even want to join Sit on My Facebook. <laughs> Avatar, how about you? Are you? From way up in the sky, and uh, I'm looking at my house, and I go, "Wait a minute! There's a truck in my driveway." (laughs) So I go to the window, I look outside, no fucking truck. (laughs) I zoom in. There's two people standing by the truck. It's me and my dad. My dad. scared of North Korea, sir, gang, yeah. everyone over here with the shadows. Yeah. North Korea is pointing a nuclear-guided missile at the United States of America right now. doesn't affect you because you live in that weird dream world. But for the rest of us... Korea, sir, is pointing a guided nuclear missile here at the old USNA. And uh should we be scared of North Korea? Should we we be scared of a world terror leader who looks like a grown-up Asian cabbage patch thing? Kim, huh? full grown kid, his name is Kim or Kimberly, as I would probably call him. And what sucks, his middle name is a really strong, like, male name, John. So it's like Kim, John, and then his last name is just something like someone kicked him in the nuts. It's like, ooh. Kim, John, ooh. Ooh, that's fucking hug. Well look, gang, a guided missile. look, I don't want to uh, I don't want to perpetuate stereotypes. And I didn't start this stereotype, probably this guy over here did. But we all heard. we've all heard it, you know, people talk about how the Asians aren't good drivers, huh? Asian people can't drive. You say it all the time, sir. <laughs> Deadliest catch, should we be scared? two words, man. <laughs> I said a fucking word, so let better <laughs> Pulling up Polar Bear School. Um, uh, this makes me think of the, uh, the polar ice caps are melting. Have you heard about this? The po- did you hear this say that in 15 years from now, the oceans are going to rise three feet, huh? 15 years from now, the oceans rise three feet. Do you know what this means, ladies and gentlemen? This means that in just over 14 and a half years from now, I'm going to have to pull my picnic table back four feet <laughs> player. (laughs) Uh, You ever bend down on one of those giant mushrooms in the face? By God, and God is like an infinite energy that we can't see that expands into the far reaches of the universe, far off into places that we as human beings can't even comprehend. So for that reason, ma'am, uh, because we can't comprehend it, <laughs> I can't do the fucking thing. <laughs> Thanks for fucking up the show. Man. These two polar bears walking the doctor's <laughs> house. <laughs> Have you been to the dentist lately, ma'am? I'm gonna Have you did you go for the x rays Saturday. Saturday, sure, everyone goes on the fucking weekend. <laughs> oh, your Kim. Nice yes, I do. No, you. Do. <laughs> really, I'll point to you so you don't get retarded again. Your line's going to be Juno Kim, but let me point to you. Right here, okay? Nice and loud, so all those little lost koalas in the back are ready. Yeah. Do you know Kim? Oh, we're
1: we're shooting right pretty fast.
0: That was for me. How <laughs> <laughs> hey, you doing, know, You Having fun? Isn't this fun? You ever wake up at 3 in the morning and fill your ass crack full of coleslaw? <laughs> You're like (laughs) African-Indian-American.
1: Do you have
0: like a North American Indian name? Like he who does drive-by. Holy shit! You want
1: me to sing? Okay.
0: Come on, Avatar, I love you. Box, my Captain Raddish. shall
1: bless you. Captain Raddish, let him hear it. That's it's my so son, Raddish.
0: Right there he is. Captain Radish. Now, in case you don't know, I mentioned it last time. um, I like to go up when I just do these practice runs, I call them. I like to go up and uh, go under different names so people don't have any expectation when I walk on stage. So that night it was Captain Radish. And uh, just so you know, because you weren't there, uh, the, there was a guy uh, dressed in blue that looked like Avatar. He was the guy I was joking with about the mushroom blowing up in his face and twirling his pubes into a horse's mane. Um, what else was going on? The, uh, the black dude, the African-American, American Indian guy. Um, he was, uh, he was one of these guys. The reason I did the drive-by, uh, bit with him is because he was acting all gangster and cool. He, he, he was like, he was sitting in the crowd with a hoodie on like who sits in a comedy club with the hoodie on. And he was, he's sitting there like with his arms crossed and he was trying to act all cool and ghetto and stuff. So I was like, you know what? You're going to, you're going to act that way. You're going to talk that way. I'll play along. I'll I'll do the improvising with you, Sandy. So I did. It was fun. Uh, he was laughing his ass off. I actually went up afterwards and uh, we hugged it out, shook hands. He was a cool dude, but he was loving it. So I've learned when I do stand-up, no matter who's in the crowd, because I improv a lot, I just go with it. I don't care if you're blind, if you're in a wheelchair, if you're black, if you're white, if you're Asian. I just I just roll with it, you know? And um, that's what you got to do when you improv. You don't have any time to think, so you just got to fly. And man, that's that's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun for me. Oh, Holland, you're so funny when you do the improvs. Too bad you have the gingivitis. <laughs> Um, and then I think you you might have possibly heard a couple of those bits before. That's because, uh, you know, when they're newer bits, I get up and practice them, and I shape them, and I start to word them and work them out. So it's not like the first time you do a bit, oh, golden, that's it, it's locked in. No, you know, the way it works is you kind of throw a bit out there, and you start to hear it, and you start to hear what people laughed at and what they didn't laugh at, and so... You know with me i got I gotta run a bit a number of times before I kind of know if I like it if I, if I know where it's going. so there might have been a couple of uh, repeat ones in there that you might have heard, but for the most part, I think it was pretty fresh stuff and then the only other thing I'll tell you is at one point i said uh, I said, "How much more time do I have?" and blah blah blah, and I said, "Oh well, maybe I'll do some of the other comedians' material." And, uh, and there were a few guys up before me, so I actually dipped into a couple other guys' material. The thing about uh, eating a Taco Bell, <laughs> the food being cheaper than the gum. And also, uh, there was another guy up there that was, did, did a whole run on how all the black people somehow go to roller ranks. Which I don't know what the hell that means, but... I mean, there was a black guy sitting in the crowd with me. He wasn't at no roller rank. <laughs> So there goes that theory. So what I did is I just repeated uh, the material from comics that I, I had watched earlier in the evening, and that's why people were laughing, and it probably didn't make much sense to you. But that's the backstory, man. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I'll keep putting these up for you every now and then. If you still like them, if they start to get annoying, just let me know. Um... But uh, that's kind of a peek behind the curtain at how I kind of create my stand-up. Um, and uh, speaking of entertaining, how about this? TiVo. Do you have TiVo, guys? Before TiVo, watching TV was really hard. You could only watch one show at a time if you missed it or you even uh, had part of it. You had to wait for it to go into reruns before you could see it to get all over again. So TiVo has changed all that. And, yes, there are other DVRs, but they're not as good as TiVo because if you have cable, TiVo lets you watch your shows wherever you want. With TiVo, you can stream them on your iPad. You can play them all over the house, take them with you on the airplane, the dentist's office. Uh, So it's pretty good. And only TiVo searches both the cable and the web to find any movie, any show, any video at the press of a button, okay? Um and with the uh, TV mini, one TiVo box, one TiVo box works on a second TV. So from the couch to the minivan to the kitchen to the apartment, uh, TiVo makes TV a thousand times better. Check it out. Um, TiVo is helping to sponsor my little podcast here. Now I'm actually making a few few little dollars. To help put towards the uh, podcast, which I, I I don't know if you know this or not. I haven't made a cent in four years, but I didn't do the podcast to make money. But I'll be honest, with a little tiny bit coming in, it, it certainly helps cover my costs. So thank you, TiVo. I uh, hope you guys dig TiVo. I honestly do. I'm not just here plugging it. I hate that crap. I, I like to plug stuff that uh, I believe in and that I think is good and quality. So there you go. How about that? How about that? Okay, good. Um, What else can I tell you, gang? Uh, Don't forget tonight, if you want to see any more of this wacky comedy, I'm going to be doing it tonight. Tonight, Thursday night, May 23rd at the Improv in Hollywood, and I'm probably going to be doing more of this just making it up stuff as I go along. So if you want to see me do what I do live, come on down. Hollywood Improv, 10 o'clock tonight. Bing, bang, boom. Uh, and then what else can I tell you? Um, check out the Harland, uh, doc, harlandwilliams.com store at harlandwilliams.com. You can write me at harlandwilliams.com. You can phone and leave me a message. You might win my contest where I serenade you with when you wish upon a star. You can leave me a message and tell me why you think you deserve to be serenaded. And if I like it, I will. If I don't, I won't. or just leave your comments, your complaints, what have you. Um, And don't forget, if you're in Canada, my new sitcom package deal uh, premieres on Monday, June 24th at 8.30 p.m. on City TV. Make sure you check that out, gang. Support. Support your brethren. It's actually a really funny show. I've seen a few episodes. I'm very proud of it, so I think you're going to like it. And then uh, June 28th, 29th, and 30th, I will be at the Tempe Improv in Arizona. Please come and check that action out, baby. Uh, and that's it, man. That's all we have time for. Uh, hope you had a good time. Hope you had some laughs, some giggles, um, what have you. And uh, some insight. Go get a tattoo. Then go get it burned off. And uh, in between that, don't forget to have a great big bowl of chicken chow mein, baby. <laughs>